welcome to another episode, in fact, episode two of Broken to Beautifully Blended. Uh, I typically just say beautifully blended, but we went over that last time, so I'll just let a sleeping dog lie, as they say. Uh, Broken to Beautifully Blended, I'm Rockford, this is April, and we want to thank you for uh, watching another episode. Uh, tonight we are doing a little bit different. We've got a little bit more help this evening. Uh, a couple of our daughters are here and being technical, being part of the crew, as you might say. Uh, and so we're thankful for them and that they're willing to endure this as we talk about life and where we are and where we've been. Uh, so April, how are you? I'm really good. Yeah? Mm -hmm. You've been cold? It was cold today. It has been really cold. It's the end of January. So, therefore, it should be cold. Mm -hmm. That's what they tell us. But, uh, last time we talked a little bit about who we are. Uh, we did some basic introductions. And so, this time we thought we would be a little bit more in-depth with uh, who April is. We're going to start with her. You know, they say ladies first. So... That's what we're going to do, and we'll get to see a little bit more about your past. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Dirty laundry. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Who's that? Who sang that song, Dirty Laundry? Was that Don Henley? I have no idea. I think so. I think it was. If you, if you know if it was Don Henley, then let Comments. me know. And if it was not, <laughs> then correct me and remind me who it was. Uh, so, talking about family, marriage, especially second marriage even, we all have an idea of what marriage is based on what we learn as a child. And so, whenever we came together in a marriage, when we got married, we had not only been through uh, a marriage, of failed marriage to begin with, we still had the idea of what marriage is from our upbringing. So uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about where you came from? What was your early childhood like? What, what do you remember uh, probably from the you know, earliest stages until you got maybe to high school? Hmm. What do you mean about what? So what do you remember about family life, about family time? What did family mean to you? And So I came from a family where my dad is a racer. He's a mechanic. He worked at General Motors for 28 years. He worked from the day before I was born until I was 28 years old at General Motors. Um, and then he came home and he worked in the garage every day without fail to make sure that me and my siblings had what we needed. And then on the weekends, we went down to Port Cobb Lake and we, if it was one weekend, the girls went, if it was the other weekend, the boys went with our grandparents and we got to stay in their travel trailer, fifth wheel, then up to one of the diesel pushers, um, RVs. And then the others, if it was the girls' weekend, then the boys just came up with my dad. We went to the races, and then we went over and visited, and we went home. 
if it was our weekend to get to go over to the lake, we got to go and spend the weekend with my grandparents. And we've talked about my memories of the lake a little bit. My grandmother used to do the bobby pin curls. And so I would remember her sitting down to watch MASH and after the news, putting her hair in the little bobby pin curls. And then the next morning, we would get up and my grandmother would make biscuits and my granddad would make peanut butter and syrup. And it was the same thing every weekend. Okay, so your weekends and your your time with your grandparents and stuff sounded like a lot of fun. And So did that carry into high school? No, we actually, we stopped going to the races just before Shelby, my youngest sister, was born. Because the Father's Day that um, my stepmom was pregnant with Shelby, there was a dad that was killed in a car. And so my dad... Um, decided to step out of that for a little bit and so that kind of ended that so it was like as I started getting to my teenage years everything that I had known that was every weekend the stability was just kind of gone okay so you get to high school and you realize that you know boys become a little bit more important than they were probably even in middle school and especially younger so when did you start to form maybe some idea about what it was like to be in a serious relationship with a boy? And did you consider marriage at that time? You know, I didn't really, whenever I was a teenager, I didn't really ever think that I wanted to get married. I, um, I actually wanted to be a divorce attorney. That's what my desire was for a profession. Um, and it's just, it's, I knew what my siblings and I went through as the kids in a divorce and then later in a custody battle. And I didn't want that to continue. It was something that I would hope to help people not go through what we went through. So I didn't really ever think of whether I was going to get married or not married. So then what was your view on relationships? What was the point of relationship? Honestly, I didn't even think about it. That's the problem. That's why, you know, you kind of go headlong into the tunnel and you don't realize, is it a train coming at me or is it the end of the tunnel? Um, and this is something that Michael has talked with Allison about quite a bit, that my teenage years were very reckless, very heading straight into the train instead of the other side of the tunnel. And it wasn't until I actually was looking at, here I'm going to be a single mom and I have this other life to take care of that my family at least was able to see a distinct change in me that I went from what looked like a very um, detrimental path to a 180 that I was the only one that was going to be there to take care of Allison and I had to make sure that not only I was there for her but I got an education so I started into college and was working two jobs taking care of her. And you had Allison at 19? I had her at 20. Uh, pregnant at 19. Pregnant at 19. Had so you had been out of high school how long? Whenever Just you, over a year. You got pregnant. 
So tell me a little bit about that period of time. So at that, at, from that moment, I mean, you weren't married, you were mm-hmm. pregnant. And so you were going to end up with a blended family more than likely one way or another. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what it was like at that time facing being 19 and pregnant. It was pretty scary. It was one of those that I had no idea what I was going to do. I just, I had not anticipated being a single mom. I was deceived and believed that I was going to have a partner in this and was very quickly let know that I was not going to have a partner in it. And so I was third wheel for a while with my eldest brother and his wife. And then we finally, we bought a house whenever Allison was nine months old and just did what I had to do to make ends meet. So how, how long did you, how long did you have to survive in that single parent mode? Um, well, interestingly enough, I mean, whenever you're a single parent, there's not many, um, dating options that aren't pretty scary. And I started working for Allison's grandmother. And then I met Thomas's dad through that job. And we started dating whenever she was about a year, year and a half old. And then we didn't get married until three years later. So how, how did your view on dating uh, change during that time? It was very scary. It was one of those that, you know, they talk about that you have to protect your young and being a single mom of a little girl, I was constantly worried, you know, if something happens, well, I know if, you know, who, who do you know? You don't know these people. People put on their best face whenever you're getting to know them. So. So you met your first husband. Mm -hmm. Did you date the whole three years? No. It was um, very on again, off again. It was, I don't know, we dated, we quit dating, we dated, quit dating, dated, he moved in, he had two other kids, moved out, moved in, moved out. We got pregnant, we had a miscarriage, and then we're pregnant with Thomas. I had moved out. The day we found out that I was pregnant with Thomas, it was one of those, okay, what are we gonna do? So we got married while I was pregnant, and then we had Thomas in 2004. Okay, so let's sort of back up again. We'll, We'll take a look at this from sort of that whole period, you went from a point where you really didn't see yourself being married. You Mm -hmm. didn't see yourself uh, heading down that path and the whole thing with husband and kids Mm -hmm. and and everything. And then you find yourself pregnant with your second child. And what, what do you think really motivated you to be married at that time? Um, I really think that it was my ex-in-laws. They were very determined that we had to be married before we had a baby. 
there was a lot of pressure to go down that road. Okay, so going into the marriage, you certainly weren't all that fired up about it. No. So how do you think that that affected your view of marriage? It was never really something that was um, permanent, if that makes sense. It was always uh, just, okay, we're going to do this for as long as it doesn't change the way that I am. It's funny, I, not not to take away too much or to pull from the subject, but just today as I was at work, you know how your computer listens to you, I guess. I mean, it's sort of, that's the way Big Brother is now. Mm-hmm. But across MSN, you know, they have the scrolling tabs of the headlines yeah. of the day and what have you. There was three things on divorce on that tab today. Um, I think one of them was... If your significant other or spouse is hiding this, you know, you could be in trouble. The second one was why a divorce is a good option. Um, and then there was there was one other one about divorce. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but certainly there are plenty of people in this world that see marriage that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that marriage is convenience it's i can do this now and if i don't like it i can you know trade it in like a car yeah but it certainly doesn't work that way Mm-mm. didn't work that way for you did it no it's one of those that people don't realize how much um baggage comes along with divorce and it's it didn't just start with the baggage from my divorce. It started with the baggage from my parents' divorce because that was never the intent of what marriage was. It's meant to be permanent. And, you know, we hear all the time that people say that if your teenagers are dating, what are they dating for? Because dating leads to marriage. That's That's what you're doing. And so whenever you're... Dating, And that was something that, you know, the entire time from the time that I was 15 and I had my first boyfriend, Mitch, I dated him and I didn't even date him. I mean, we worked together and for a little over a year. And then as soon as we broke up, I had a different boyfriend and then a different boyfriend. And it was just that right there was just practicing divorce. It's just practicing getting your heart broken and it being easier the next time. It's just one of those that you don't realize that that's what you're being prepared for. And I know that, you know, we have four girls and a boy and we talk to them about it and they roll their eyes like we rolled our eyes. And so, and as the one is rolling her eyes right now (laughs) (laughs) and shaking her head. Well, it is practicing divorce. I mean, that, that's literally what it is. So, first marriage didn't work out. Uh, talk a little bit about your mindset going back into being a single parent now. Oh, so whenever I got divorced the first time, it was... Um, 
it was brutal because as we talked about on the last podcast, I'm very much black and white and the rule follower. And I found myself um, at a situation at Christmas time of having um, the husband in the hospital because he has made choices that are detrimental to our family and to his health. And I found out that he was um, using drugs, which I did not agree with 100%. And by the time that our first anniversary rolled around, I had filed for divorce and we were divorced very quickly after that. Um, And I went into the being a single parent now with two kids thinking, okay, I've already done this. This is going to be okay. It's not going to be difficult. Um, What I didn't count on was the emotional baggage of having two different people that I had to make sure that they were on board with getting the kids what they needed and that type of stuff. Any change in what your thoughts on relationships were at the time? The point of relationships? Um... Yes and no. I did um, start dating somebody that I thought was going to go someplace. However, it didn't because my marriage wasn't over at that point. It was still um, a daily interaction. And after a year and a half, we remarried and then spent a little under a year being married. And at that point... It was something that there wasn't any changing my mind. This was not going to happen again. And so we spent a year and a half going through divorce. Um, and at that point, I there was several things that happened. I lost the house that we had been renting to own. Um, I had to move in with my mom and my stepdad. And I had the kids living there and so all of our stuff was in storage and we spent 10 months living pretty much out of a suitcase which um it wasn't horrible but it wasn't where I thought I was going to be at that point and you know as well as I do I didn't think you know it was like I was done I was not dating I was not going to um seek out a relationship I just wasn't so and then what happened well then i met you (laughs) and Jaden and reagan and lauren which was totally a god thing and we started dating it was sort of like a knight in shining armor moment right (laughs) it was until we got married in the first few years, it was very much the same thing, that it was the same cycle going over and over and over again. And it wasn't until five years ago that both of us finally started to come to an understanding of what role we played in our previous marriages and where we had to own the failure. It couldn't just be the other person's fault anymore. There was, you know, brokenness in me, 
certainly, because I hadn't dealt with, it was one of those that I asked for years and years and years why I endured what I did growing up. And then I had three daughters that have went through something um, very similar and gives me a little bit of clarity of why I've went through what I've went through. Um, it also, it's allowed me to look at what I actually thought about marriage and what I actually thought about what we're doing here. Um, and nobody in the podcast will really ever get to meet or know anything about my Aunt Carol, but she was probably my favorite person. And she used to joke there was B.C. April and after Christ April, so. So in that, we did clash. Yeah. I mean, our, our first five years was difficult. So how, how do you see your role differently now than you did prior to well actually that, hold on ponder that for one second do you think that whenever we first got married that you carried the same ideas from your first marriage into this marriage oh yeah and the idea of maybe it's maybe it's uh disposable maybe I can trade in I've been through it before we'll see how this goes see I don't think that I brought that in but I do think and we've talked about this before in my relationships prior to this I was more of the masculine role I was raised by a man I was taught this is what men do they provide and protect and that's what I had done as a parent until that point is provided and protected even whenever I was in my first marriage, it was me as the breadwinner. I was the one getting up every day and going to work and doing the things that for gender roles typically is the man. That's what they do. And um, whenever we first got married, you wanted me to stay home with the kids. And that was something that was completely out of my comfort zone. And I was used to getting up and going to work every day. And that's what I felt like I needed to do. And we fought over that quite a bit, that we both wanted to be the man in the role. And whenever we were dating, you made jokes about, are you sure you don't have a penis? <laughs> but Did I make that joke? You did. I don't think I made that joke. Oh, you did. It was at the baseball field. Yeah. But... I think that's funny that you don't remember that. I find it fascinating, some of the things that you remember. I do. I remember that. And then you told me that it was, I should feel privileged that you were sitting there with me because I had such short hair. That's true. Mm -hmm. I'm a long hair guy. <laughs> yep, that was at the same time. And I thought, well, okay. So. And then you realized how privileged you really were. Mm-hmm. It only took five years to get there. 
We've got kids in the background that are trying not to choke themselves on this. They know what's up. <laughs> They're privileged to have me as their dad, so. <coughs> we'll get to see them in front of the camera before long, and they can they can talk about how awesome I am. <laughs> or something. Or something. So, five years in... You're sort of seeing some of the same patterns. Mm-hmm. And granted, it's not all you. I mean, we'll we'll get into my story in the next episode. But what what do you think really caused you to change? Mm. So 2014 is the year that we're talking about. And for me, I really started to feel a pull from the Holy Spirit saying something's got to be different. And so I started in January or so of 2014 with a prayer journal um, in my Evernote account and started praying about um, the things that I was seeing that were not going great. And... um, did everything get better right away? No. Um, you and I weren't communicating really at all. And um, it was more fights every single day. And then in June, it kind of erupted. And I felt very clearly that God was telling me to stand firm. And so I started into um, actually being, Hi, Sadie. I actually started doing the Circle Maker from Mark Batterson, and we went June or July to Washington, D.C. with Reagan. I did, and got to walk the streets of Washington, D.C. and see Ebenezer's Coffee House, where they had prayed circles around, and then continued to um, work on me. Even though I was praying for you and for my family and for our marriage, I, I don't know, it was June through September of walking circles around this house and up at the track. And there was a lot of just being still and being silent and not having um, anything really to say, just letting God change me, which in turn, he was working on you as well. And then by around your birthday, so whenever you turned 40, it was much different for us. Yeah, I think so. I think that those summer months, June, July, and August were pretty, they were pretty tough. Mm -hmm. And then... It's the power, the power of allowing God to do in you what it is that he wants to do rather than what you want to do. Um, I think it certainly would have been doable for us to divorce. Um, we would have both survived, but we wouldn't thrive. Mm-mm. Uh, 
I think our family has certainly thrived since yeah. then. Now, you can ask the kids, and they may have different views, because part of a blended family is the fact that we, we, it still is a blend. And I think that there are things that they see uh, that maybe we don't see the same way as they do. Uh, and part of that's their age, I would assume, and part of that is, you know, being part of a blend. Mm -hmm. So, um, going back to your story, where do you see yourself now? What is your view of marriage now compared to maybe when you were in high school? Um... Well, whenever I was in high school, that was something that my dad would always tell me is whenever you get married, don't ever even talk about divorce because once you do, it's inevitable. Um, and I don't think that necessarily that that's true. I do believe that what you focus on is where your life heads. And I, I mean, just, we, I know that I did drove a stake in the ground in 2014 and said, I know that marriage is supposed to be forever. And so um, I allowed God to change me in the way that I think about it. And I would say that I'm much more of a girl now. You're more of a girl. You still got your masculine traits. and <laughs> They come out every so often. Yeah. And that's okay, but that's, but that's, I mean, that's part of what makes you, you, I mean, you, you can't deny that fact and that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting to watch, at least from my perspective, the change in who you are and how you carry yourself. Uh, I think that everybody that knows you would say the same thing. I think that, I don't know that there would be anybody that knows you that would say, yeah, she's the same as she was 10 years ago. No, I don't think there would. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a, that's quite a testimony to who God is mm -hmm. and what he can do whenever we allow him to. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you don't think so? No, I do. I think it is <laughs> because 10 years ago I would have cut somebody. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that you'd cut somebody. I don't. I don't think you were that masculine. You didn't want. To, you wouldn't want to get the blood on your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You should ask the kids. Well, we will. That's listen. We got we got a bunch of episodes to do, so we don't want to do them do them all up here in the beginning. But yeah. we will get into that with the kids, and they'll have the opportunity to. Tell what they think about this situation. And so, um, we'll see. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll be the ones that'll give us the best insight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But next time, we're going to talk a little bit more about my story. So you'll be able to see and hear about where I come from and what sort of shape my views. You know, April and I will get to to trade roles here. She's normally the better interviewee and me the interviewer. And so we'll, we'll change hats 
next time and see how that goes. You excited about that? I am. You get to ask the hard questions. <laughs> Do I get to edit it too? You you can. <laughs> I I don't know. I probably won't cry. I don't know. You might. I might. I'm a bit of a crier. The kids seem to make fun of me for being a bit of a crier. That's what happens when you're in touch with your emotions. That's what happens whenever you have five women in well, your that's, house. That's probably true. <laughs> so, is there any announcements before we go? Is there anything that we need to tell the people? Well, we had a birthday in the house yesterday. We did have a birthday. The second oldest child turned 18. So we now officially have two adult children. Well, I should say legally, not officially. <laughs> because officially they're both Because what comes after that children. is living at home. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days they'll move out. I don't know. Reagan might move out before all of them, but we'll see. Uh, any other announcements? Subscribe. Subscribe. Is there any challenges coming up? I believe we have a Fresh to the Blend coming up. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so Fresh to the Blend is for newly blended families that um, we can go through. We're going to do a 14-day challenge of a little bit more of what we went through. I'm so sorry, Sadie. <laughs> what we went through whenever we were Fresh to the Blend um, to hopefully help you guys navigate those landmines and keep the pressure cooker from erupting. Okay. Fresh to the Blend Challenge. Check it out. Where can we find more information? Mm -hmm. Broken to Beautifully Blended.com. Because it was available. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be starting on February 5th. February 5th. Broken to Beautifully Blended.com. Fresh to the Blend Challenge. Check it out. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see you guys for our next episode here and next time, whenever it is. Maybe it's a day. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's a week. It's going to be a week or two weeks. A week or two. Black and white. Black and white. Anything else I should say? <laughs> I feel like I'm your puppet at this point. Why? I don't know. Huh. Anyway. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. I'm broken to beautiful people.